Welcome to the third episode of Tufts Career Center's podcast, From Here to There, where we will be talking with Tufts alumni about their career journeys starting from their time as an undergraduate at Tufts, all the way to their current positions. I'm Maggie. And I'm Jessie, and we're career fellows at the Tufts Career Center. Joining us today is an alumni of the class of 2015, Esther Kim. At Tufts, Esther majored in American Studies and Child Studies and Human Development and minored in Asian American Studies. She currently works as a school counselor at Lexington High School in Lexington, Massachusetts. Yeah, cool. How are you doing? Kind of another warm up. Yeah, um, I feel like, you know, especially with what happened yesterday and today regarding to like the Jerry Chauvin murder trial kind of verdict and, um, you know, hearing what happened in Columbus, Ohio with Micaiah Bryant, I, I feel like there's a lot of honestly a lot of grief that I'm like sitting in right now just trying to kind of make sure that I take care of my own needs and checking with my community members it's been a hard year and it continues to be a hard year and so as an educator you know a lot of what I do is really thinking about how do I connect meaningfully with students and kind of see what what they need in this time too to support students and you know taking action in their own ways Right now, I am on my April vacation, which for Massachusetts public schools, we have a week off of school, but I'm still kind of thinking, (laughs) I can't really let work go a little bit, um, but I'm thinking already for when I return, you know, how do I check in with students or, you know, just make sure that we're all staying connected during what's been a very kind of disorienting year. Honestly, I'm just grateful for like vacation now. And so kind of like, doing okay in that regard of getting some rest and um, drinking enough water and all that stuff so yeah I just noted down that I like how you said like a lot of being an educator for you is trying to build relationships I think you said so that they can like take action supporting them to see that should like tell us who you are and what you do in your current role Sure. So my name is Esther. I use she, her pronouns. I'm currently a high school counselor and I work at Lexington High School, which is a public high school in the greater Boston area. We serve about 2,400, 2,500 students from grades 9 to 12. And so that's kind of what I've been doing for the past two or so years. Before that, I was a high school ESL teacher in South Korea. And that's kind of what I did directly after I graduated from Tufts. I taught high school English and did a lot of different kind of program coordinating the Fulbright Career Commissions. What does the programming component look like in the Fulbright? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, my main role was as an English teacher, particularly ESL teacher. During my second year, I switched positions and started working as the program coordinator for the English teacher assistant program. So it's kind of like the program that recruited me to come to teach English. I then became the coordinator of that program. That involved responding to any issues that came up with any of the teachers who are part of our program. There were a lot of kind of workshops and conferences I helped organize. Um, And towards the end of the year, I helped the teachers who decided to return to the U.S. and also the new incoming group of teachers. Um, I helped during those transitions as well. So kind of been dabbling in education in various different roles. And currently I'm here counseling students. Awesome. That's really cool. I came in thinking a lot to ask you about the counseling role, but also hearing even about the Fulbright. A lot of international students or like students looking to work abroad, I think could benefit from that. So maybe I will like throw in some questions at the end there. But for now, I think like the rest of the questions are about counseling. Awesome. 
Nice. Did you know that like a counseling role is that was something you wanted at the onset of your college career? How did your path look to get to that? Yeah, at the beginning of my college career, I had no idea what counseling was. <laughs> I entered Tufts kind of, you know, thinking about potentially going into a pre-health program, mostly because that's what my mom, my family kind of expected and wanted from me. Even thinking back to my own like schooling experience, I rarely talked with my own guidance counselor or some of the counseling staff. So this was a career that I really didn't get to know until I started dabbling around in different interest areas throughout college. But in terms of like the general field of mental health counseling, some of my mentors, um, I really appreciate their perspectives and wanted to learn more about kind of the work that they did. I guess what stands out to you about the type of position that you have now in a counseling role and why was it appealing? Yeah, that's a great question. For me, what drew me to the profession of counseling is being able to build relationships with students and also to kind of hold space for young people to really flesh out their stories of, you know, who they are in terms of their personal narratives and also what they want to do moving forward. And so, um, you know, in my current role as a school counselor at Lexington High School, you can kind of divide it into three different areas of focus. So one big focus I have is post-secondary planning. So a lot of my work is centered around how do I support students and kind of their journeys of figuring out what they want to do after high school. And so it's a lot of teaching curriculum and doing one-on-one -on -one advising and counseling about post-secondary planning. You know, a large part of that is also about the college application process and kind of navigating all the bureaucracies about that. And um, also given the changing admissions landscape with COVID-19, um, it's just really been, how do I walk with students through the uncertainty with all of this stuff going on? And so in addition to post-secondary planning, I also do a lot of social, emotional, and mental health counseling. And so this could really range to include a lot of different areas of focus in my individual counseling with students. So a big theme for a lot of students kind of navigating high school is holding space to, to be that non-judgmental listening presence, and also to help students kind of try out some new strategies to manage their stress, or just to kind of articulate maybe what's their emotional experience. That's a part of the work that I do. And then the third part is um, about academic advising. So that's kind of more technical about, you know, helping students choose classes for their schedule each year. If students are interested in certain subjects or fields, then I can help advise students accordingly on that. Yeah, and so that, it, there's a lot that's kind of included within the school counselor role. And something that also drew me to this job is that I love the flexibility that this role provides and the fact that it looks very different depending on the school that you work at. How I describe the counseling role at Lexington High School, it might actually look completely different to be a school counselor in a smaller private school. Nice. Was there like a specific moment or a turning point where your path shifted in understanding your career journey to get to where you are? Yeah. Oh, I love all these questions. It's really making me reminisce about college. Um, <laughs> and um, one thing that I was reminded of when I was reflecting on, you know, my four years at Tufts is that for me, every year was very different. Um, you know, during my freshman year, I thought I was going to be pre-med. And so I kind of focused my studies and my pursuits in that area. And then sophomore year, I was really getting involved with American studies and Asian American studies courses and also getting introduced to child development. Um, which I, I think right now the program is called Child Study and Human Development at Tufts. 
And then junior and senior year, I really focused a lot on my own independent research, which landed in the American studies and Asian American studies category. Um, but if I were to say what is a kind of particular moment that was a game changer for me, it would definitely be in sophomore year. I was invited to help co-curate a photography exhibition. And so during my sophomore year, we were just inaugurating Asian American Studies at Tufts. So it's like a brand new program. And as part of the inauguration, we invited this photographer named Corky Lee. And he is kind of the unofficial um, Asian American photographer. He's been around for so many years to document decades of community life in Asian, in Asian American spaces. Um, unfortunately, he passed away this past year due to COVID. But in 2012, 2013, I had the opportunity to help co-curate his photography exhibition at Tufts. So I remember in January of that year, me and a few of my co-curators, uh, we're all students, uh, we went to New York and we visited him in his studio and he just kind of walked us through so many different photographs that he had collected over the years. And every photograph had a specific story. And what really kind of enamored me was learning about each individual story that was behind the photograph and also hearing from Corky Lee's vast knowledge of just his own experience of being an Asian American and being one of the very few photographers who are documenting these kinds of histories and experiences. And so from that experience, I feel like there was a fire that was lit in my belly about wanting to not just tell my own story as an Asian American young person, but really hear and hold space for other people, especially marginalized communities, to share their stories um, and to celebrate all the, um, the victories to be won. That kind of desire and commitment for storytelling has been very much connected to my, my desire to be in education and counseling. Um, you know, it's all about building those relationships and hearing each other's stories, and especially for young people to feel empowered to share their stories and to mold them. So uh, yeah, I, I had an amazing time. Um, I think prior to that experience of curating the exhibition, I had no relevance like art kind of curating experience. <laughs> so everything was a very new thing for me. But I felt like with that group of people, I just felt, felt really comfortable to explore those new skills. And um, again, just to push myself to just continue to learn more about Asian American history. So uh, yeah, that's one of the more meaningful experiences I've had at Tufts. Yeah, that sounds really cool. And I feel like in the people I've talked to that are like alums, I hear about all these things they've done just with random resources at Tufts, whether it's like the Career Center paying for a conference or like TCU paying for a conference. It seems like there's a lot of ways to like shape your educational experience outside of just the classroom. I think it's so cool. For sure. And I guess to add to that, I was able to do a summer internship, you know, working in Boston's Chinatown, thanks to a grant that I got from the Career Center. Because without that financial support, like it would be next to impossible for me as a college student at the time to to fund um, like an unpaid internship or some type of volunteer experience. Uh, I feel like it was definitely the pressure and the cultural norm at Tufts to be like doing all these unpaid internships. But for me, I came from a family where, you know, my family didn't have the means to kind of support me in addition to my college tuition to pay for all these things. And so thinking back to my peers and I, we really were resourceful <laughs> and like really looking for these resources and seeking them out. People, it sounds like the photographer had a really big impact on your life, but were there any other mentors, advisors, any like professors that had a significant impact on your life so far? Who were those people who helped you along the way? 
Yeah, there's definitely one or two professors who really stick out to me as being not just kind of academic mentors of helping me try to shape my major or career interests, but they're really, you know, personally people that I look up to and they were mentors to me in very personal ways. Um, I'm really thinking about, you know, Professor Jean Wu and Professor Thomas Chen, who are both American Studies faculty at the time when I was an undergrad. And I don't know, it's just like the combination of, you know, the topics of their lectures and the ways that they really centered students' participation and engagement in their classes. They both taught classes about Asian American history and um, race in America. And I feel like the learning communities that I experienced in their classes really changed me and they made me want to, um, in my own ways, replicate and create similar kind of learning spaces as an educator now. And so I definitely look to Professor Wu and Professor Chen as role models of what a transformational education looks like, education that's based in activism and love. I think I took, maybe I took all of Professor Wu's classes in undergrad and there was a lot of them. <laughs> and it was funny because throughout my time at Tufts, I didn't technically major in American studies until maybe the winter of my senior year. But I had taken all of the requirements and me and my friend who are in similar positions, I was a child development major and she was a political science major. We both kind of signed off our American studies major paperwork at the same time in senior year. And <laughs> it was almost like a it's about time kind of moment. And we both recognized that, you know, we just loved and were yearning for just the education that we received in our American studies courses. And we kind of just followed that interest without technically even thinking about, oh, like, how do you complete the American studies major? Because we were just both following our passions. And for me, I, I really do think that Professor Wu and Professor Chen, they helped me become the educator that I am today. It's really awesome to hear. And I think I relate a lot to like being moved by Professor Wu's classes. I also liked a lot what you said about following your interests without thinking about how to complete the major. Because a lot of the times people will come to the career center and be like, what should I major in? Because I like have XYZ considerations for a job or like there's like a lot of emphasis on the major that we choose. But I think like really following your interests and then thinking about what you enjoy is a good way to start. Yeah, for sure. And if I might add to that, when I first got to Tufts, I really didn't know what careers are out there. You know, I really only knew what my what my mom wanted me and that was a pre-med career and once I got to Tufts I started meeting people and taking classes in such a diverse array of interests and I realized at that point oh like my understanding of what a career can be was so limited and that in order for me to make a meaningful decision about what's my next step after undergrad um, I really need to do some more self-exploration first and so I kind of took that to the extreme and I spent my entire four years kind of doing that self-exploration and really immersing myself in having a lot of conversations with my peers and professors and just whoever I could, you know, to kind of pick their brain. What was your experience like finding a career or internship opportunities as an American studies student or whatever you were studying and picking out those interests at the time you were looking at them? what went into deciding where you wanted to work that summer or during the school year. And I guess if I could add, like, especially because it seems like American studies is so interdisciplinary and also added child development to that. Yeah. Hmm. If I remember correctly, I had three different internship experiences and they're all very different. Um, and so I did one 
uh, more traditional like research internship with the child development program. I did my clinical psychology. At the time I was majoring in clinical psychology, but I ended up not majoring. <laughs> but um, I did another internship working in a special education classroom that I mentioned earlier. And then my third internship was working in a youth program in Boston's Chinatown during the summer. And so all of them had very different kind of day-to-day -day experiences. And I also found each program in a different way. But my third internship, which was in more of like American studies, I was learning from a lot of my coursework with Professor Wu that, you know, commitments to community-based work. It's really important to activism and just learning how to make a meaningful impact in society. And so for me, between junior and senior year of college, I was really trying to figure out what can I do to be more community-based. I was placed at um, the Chinese Progressive Association in Boston's Chinatown, and that's where I did some um, youth programming. Um, after doing some more research, I was like, oh, this is exactly what I'm looking for. One of my takeaways from that experience was getting connected to community of Asian American activists who are interested in um, just kind of advancing the movement of social justice for our communities and beyond. Yeah, I had two things to add on. One is, um, I think I saw your Chinese Progressive Association internship in the Tisch College bathroom. There's, <laughs> there's a poster of you with like- Tell me more. I think it, I'm not sure if it's you, but it's like someone from Tufts with like a CYI Instagram like cutout and then they're like posing with the CYI youth. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, so you're you're a famous local on Tufts campus. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I had senior internship on the Tufts internship profiles, actually. So I think that's a really good resource that students sometimes don't know about. The students that get the Career Center grant post about their internship and like what was challenging, how they found it. So it's a great resource that you can like sort by major or sort by like the industry you want to work with to find internships that have been done previously. Yeah, I remember filling out those forms and we had to do um, a presentation during the following fall at the, um, I think it's like the Tisch Library patio area. It was like a poster session. Yeah, what a time. Then another question, I guess, following off of what you talked about just now is do you have any general advice for students looking for like community-based work or activism and that line of work that you mentioned was really important to you? Tied to that, I was also wondering if you could explain a little bit about like why does activism matter a lot to you? Yeah, great questions. In terms of advice, I can't stress enough the importance of the self-exploration piece. Um, it's really hard to kind of figure out what that next step is in terms of career if you don't really take time to know yourself, even though, you know, that's a lifelong journey of getting to know yourself, you know. But I, I really do think that the self-exploration piece is really key of who are you and how did you become the person that you are and what are your interests and passions and how do you want to impact the world? You know, my personal career journey is really tied with the latter part of the question of like, what's the impact that I want? Because I view my career as not the end-all be-all of like, who I am, you know, I like my career is just one part of my identity, but it's a big part because it takes up a good chunk of my time and energy, right? And so I'm really thinking about how does my career advance the larger vision that I want to work towards, whether it's uh, what kind of world I want to build or just what I want my future to be like in the day to day. 
And so, yeah, the advice is the self-exploration piece. This might be biased because I work in the counseling field, but I am always kind of um, hyping up <laughs> like counseling and therapy and having that non-judgmental space to do that kind of self-exploration. Um, this is such a great resource out there for people. And then, yeah, I, I had a lot of conversations with mentors and with peers about, you know, just having chances to articulate my journey. And that helps me to gain a deeper understanding of who I am and what I want to do. Um, and then also just like having a lot of conversations and not being afraid to ask questions um, and making the best use of the resources available on campus because there is a lot. <laughs> so yeah, in terms of the kind of getting a career or getting experience in community-based work, for me, like it really started with learning about who is in my community and where are the organizations and the groups of people already doing the work that I am interested in. And so in Boston, there is a real vibrant and really amazing network of Asian American community organizations. And so as someone who's interested in that kind of work, I was able to kind of see what these organizations are already doing and then to reach out accordingly. To the second question of why, I believe it's like, why is activism such a big part of like what I do or kind of why I feel like it's important to think about activism? I think that really goes back to the purpose of career. You know, and for each person, they have a different purpose in their career. You know, some people kind of work to live and other people might live to work. And for me, I don't know exactly where I, st I stand on that. It might be a false dichotomy, but kind of where I stand on that spectrum. But I really believe that for me to live a meaningful life, like I got to be able to connect what I do in terms of a job to a larger vision. And for me, that larger vision involves what kind of future I want to live in. And that inherently is about justice and about activism and how do I want to have a positive impact in my community um, and how do we also navigate the existing systems and structures of oppression that really shape the lives the everyday lives of everyone around us and including ourselves yeah when I think about activism it's not necessarily like what are my receipts and like showing that I'm like a, a good activist, you know, it's not really performative, but it's really more embodied for me of like, okay, so where am I placing my body and my time and my energy? How am I manifesting kind of the, the future that I want to live in, in the present moment? And yeah, career has been a part of that larger self-reflective piece. Yeah, it seems like, like activism and community is so essential to your work. How did you decide where to do your work? You're from Massachusetts, you went to South Korea, now you're back in Boston. Were there like some important factors? How did you choose where to do your work? Yeah, all great questions. Hmm. I've really lived my life in terms of like one or two year spurts. And so maybe it's this kind of inherent transience in me from college of like, oh, I got to do something different every year to like kind of live life to the fullest, a bit of a YOLO kind of mentality. But for me, when I was getting to like two years of living in Korea, I had this feeling like I'm ready to return to the States and to have that next step in terms of my career. And so when I was looking at different graduate school programs, um, I looked at some of the programs near where I lived and found that there are some professors and um, different kind of major programs that really interested me. And so I ultimately ended up attending the Harvard Graduate School of Education and some of the primary reasons why I chose that program was because there were professors there who were specializing in cross-cultural mental health and also school-based counseling services. And so I was like, okay, that makes, that's basically what I want to do moving forward. So like that makes a choice easy. <laughs>
But another big kind of influence as to why I came back to Cambridge is it's also because of family. And so for me, I, I'm a second generation Korean American woman, and my parents are first generation immigrants from Korea, and they were still living in Massachusetts when I was in Korea. And so at that time, I was like feeling a little homesick and realizing that, you know, moving forward, what I wanted to prioritize in my life was not just advancing my career, but how am I really being there for my family and, and strengthening those relationships that, um, you know, that we went through a lot during my college years and also when I was living a very long distance in Korea. And so I wanted to prioritize rebuilding some of those connections. And so, yeah. That's why I came back to Cambridge. And also having gone to Tufts, a lot of my close friends were still in the area. That was also a draw for me too, to reconnect with friendships and figure out again, how do I build community after Tufts? Because sometimes that jump from college-based to community to you know, post-grad community, like that can be really hard for a lot of folks because there's so many transitions. So I really wanted to, again, just kind of figure out what community means to me and to be intentional about that. I think all of your considerations have sounded so thoughtful. Then I was wondering, how do you know how you're doing an effective job when you're at work? What considerations go into that? Yeah, um, great question. I definitely feel like as a young clinician and as a young school counselor, there's so many moments where I'm like, am I being effective in my job? Like feeling a little bit imposter syndrome, especially when you know clinicians are new to their work I think something that we all go through is that feeling of like helplessness of like, oh my God, I don't really have much of an impact in another person's life. Or, you know, I do a lot of individual counseling, but I sometimes feel like my impact in the structural conditions that define people's lives, that that is so limited and it can be pretty disempowering. And so, um, you know, thanks to some really supportive supervisors I've had during my clinical training, um, I've realized that all of these feelings are kind of they're normative for, for young clinicians to have. And so what it means to be effective in my work, I'm still trying to figure it out. But the only thing that I can do is really just bring my whole self into this work and to believe that like, yeah, I have what it takes because I don't have to do this work alone. Maybe one way that I feel effective in my work is when I see students and families kind of using resources and skills that we've worked on together to do whatever they want to do moving forward without my direct support. So it's really helping to build capacity for, for students and families and also my colleagues to kind of navigate through different situations. If I remember correctly, during my grad school time, there was this concept of navigational skills and transformational skills that one of the Hugsey professors, Dr. Elamine, taught. Um, and Hugsey is the acronym for the Harvard Graduation School of Education. Basically, her concept of navigational skills referred to how do we teach people how to navigate the systems and structures that exist. And on the flip side, the transformational skills, it talks more about what skills are necessary to change systems and to kind of implement new ways of being and to be more liberatory. And so I think to be effective, like I need to be working with students and families to foster both sets of skills. And yeah, a lot of my work is really based in like how students feel about not just the work that we do together as counselor and student, but also how students feel in terms of their school environments and communities. Like if students are feeling more like their whole selves are welcomed and that they belong and that they feel supported to do whatever they want to do in terms of their goals. then I think that is like a huge sign of success for me as a counselor. 
And so if students don't feel that way, or they feel like there's other barriers that are preventing them from being their full selves, especially when you think about race, class, gender, sexuality, and all the different social identities, I feel like then that presents the opportunity for me to be like, okay, so what I'm doing right now is working. So how do I kind of reevaluate and reorient the work that I do so that students are more at the center? So yeah, that's kind of how I'm thinking about effectiveness in my work. Awesome. Yeah, I think we're going to start moving to wrap things up. I know you gave some really good advice and insight to students about, you know, what things to consider with location or career and different things along your career journey that have had an impact on you and what you've chosen. Is there any other advice you would give any students either related to your specific career field or just advice in general? Yeah, for sure. Um, this might be a little bit cliche, but I feel like, you know, networking, especially when you're a student um, and networking with alumni or different people affiliated with your college, like that's a huge resource. And this is also coming from someone who, you know, as a college student, even now, like I suck at networking. <laughs> like It's something that's like really hard for me um, just because it's a skill set that, you know, I didn't necessarily grow up having access to. And so even in college, it's like, how do you learn how to network? You know, what are the steps in reaching out to people? There is an importance in having conversations and asking questions and really expanding your own understanding of what's out there in terms of career options. And I think so other than networking, the other piece of advice that I wish I heard as a student was that it's okay to not feel like you know exactly what you want to do when you graduate. Because for me, I was very much kind of taking that next step of moving to Korea, being an English teacher, being like, okay, I don't know where this is going to lead me. I don't know if this is what I want to do long term, but this is the next step. I wish there were more people who kind of validated that career journey is really just a step-by-step -step process. And you're not necessarily shaping your career for a particular outcome, but for a lot of people, it's just your career is the journey itself. That's kind of my, my final piece of advice is to embrace that journey. It's okay that it's non-linear as well. I think that's really great. Thank you. Especially the idea that it is a process and then every little thing is a stepping stone. Because I think there's a lot of pressure, especially while we're still in the college bubble, that like right upon graduation, we need something that will set us up like for the rest of our lives or that our internships during the summers are going to set us up for that first entry level. And that's like not the end of the game. And that's like super stressful for students to feel like, like I got to set myself up to like be secure in, in that career front, even before experiencing like the career field. And when I think about my peers, you know, we're like five plus years out from college there's a lot of my friends who they did one thing after college and now they're doing something completely different because they found that, oh, maybe consulting wasn't what I wanted to do, or maybe I just need to take a break from work and focus on other things in life. And that is totally okay. I feel like college can be such a pressure cooker, especially during the senior year. And so as much as possible, like I really encourage people to give themselves grace, especially during the first year or two, to be like, whatever you have for your next step, experience that, check in with yourself, how you feel about that. And then you can kind of move on incrementally from there to, again, take another intentional next step and next step. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's all the questions that we had. And that was like so many good thoughts, in my opinion. So I really loved hearing about all of that. Yeah, thank you for all of your insight. That was really helpful. Yeah, my pleasure.